speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Proverbs 31 verse 8, New Living Translation. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Janae B., and you are listening to In the World Denista Podcast, a podcast about healing, growing, and unlocking your potential. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe, leave us a rating, and if you're feeling really generous, go ahead and leave a review. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at In the World Denista Podcast. That way you can keep up with all important information and release dates. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let's go ahead and jump right into this episode. Hey y'all, what is up, what is up, what is up, Hey, y'all should see me, I'm really like moving my little shoulders, but no, seriously, hey y'all, wow, wow, like I was not expecting to not record like any content, I wasn't expecting it to go that I wasn't expecting to take a break for that long. Like I can't even speak because I'm just like so happy to be back to doing um what I love to do. Um the time off was definitely necessary. Um and I cannot wait to just share further experiences with you all um in future episodes. Um I have decided that um if I'm gonna do my show in seasons, I'm definitely going to have to take um breaks in between each season. So praying over just doing like a three week break, which gives me enough time to prepare for the fall. Fo- well, give me a week off, prepare for the following season, and then get all of my things together that I need and stuff like that. Um, just so that I can have that, like, um, that mental break. Um, and also so that I can just replenish and for God to fill me up with more, um, after I've released so much to you all. So there will be times when we'll go on, um, where we'll go on like breaks. Um, but I'm praying, uh, just to limit it, limit it, until for about only three weeks or so, um, nothing like a month or, uh, well, three weeks is almost a month, but nothing like the time frame that I've been gone. Um, I want it to be something more consistent, but yeah, that was just that small tangent of, uh, me spilling me trying to, yeah, give you guys just a update or catch up. Um, we'll do a lot more catching up, um, in future episodes, but today, I want to focus on something that uh, really, uh, well, God has definitely placed this on my heart. Um, And so, of course, we've over the past few weeks, America has just the darkness has come out into light, um, which was going to happen eventually. Um, No evil stays stays in the dark like the light will always shine through whatever evil um, is going on. And so um, the death of Mr. George Floyd uh, brought so much attention to America at such a vital time where we were, where we're in quarantine or a lot of states were in quarantine and we've been trapped in our homes uh, for so long. And our attention span is on the news and on the media 
And so everyone or a lot more people were forced to pay attention to the things that are going on in this world um, of our black men and women being treated um, unfairly, not equal. And it broke my heart. Um, and I couldn't understand, like, God, why is my heart aching so much more now than when incidents like this has happened before? And um, I, I want to really watch my word choice when speaking with this. So excuse me if I, if I do uh, choose the wrong language. Um, I don't want to say that. Um, well, I am going to say God uses uh, situations like what happened to Mr. George Floyd. And he always shines his glory uh, through those situations just to give us a sign or a sense of the enemy is not in control or the enemy has not defeated us or the enemy is not in is not the powerful one or is not in power um, in a sense. And so for me, um, as I was praying um, and just spending time with God about where do I fit in in this uh, world of injustice, I, I have not experienced uh, police brutality or I don't know anyone personally uh, that has experienced like a hate crime uh, via the police or um, anything of that nature. But I do have a lot of uh, men in my life who've had uh, different experiences nothing involving like death, but they've had different experiences. And then for myself, um, I have had um, an experience, uh, again, not with specifically the police, but I've had my own experience where I feel like uh, has played a very, very, very important role in my life. Um, so as you all can see, um, by this episode, uh, it is called The Fine Print. And I came up with the title of this episode is because what we are doing is we're fighting for the things that we're seeing, or I'm more so seeing the things that what I'm seeing um, on social media is that we're fighting for the things that we see. But we need to go in and we need to read the fine print and we can't disregard the things that we don't see. So I'll start with myself. Uh, when I was in uh, elementary school and middle school and even high school, my least favorite subject, y'all, was, is, still is, uh, history. If it's the history that they're teaching and that they were teaching when I was in grade school, it's still my least favorite subject. And it's my least favorite subject because honestly, it was just not an interesting topic for me. I mean, I'm learning about all of these people who don't look like me. And I'm not just saying that these uh, milestones in America are not important, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot more of important things that went on, uh, a lot of truth that went on that we should have learned uh, as black children in urban communities, going to school. We learned about a lot of people who didn't look like us, um, who didn't relate to us, who were looked up to as heroes and um, conquerors and just like brilliant, brilliant. They fought this war or they discovered this or they discovered that. It was a lot of reading, a lot of going in circles about absolutely nothing that could relate to me. 
or us and nothing that could help us grow. Um, it was almost like, where, where's the conversation about my people? Where's the conversation about the black people? Now, don't get me wrong. For Black History Month, we did go in a little bit, but it wasn't teaching us about, we didn't learn about Wall Street or we didn't learn about the Black Panther. Of course, we learned about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and Harriet Tubman and maybe a little Malcolm X. I'm not sure if the school system was too fond of Malcolm X, but we learned about him a little as well. Um, and just those main, uh, those main persons or those main heroes, um, that we all, we all know it's like, we all know their stories, right? Um, but what about the stories that we don't know? What about the people that we don't know? What about the history that we don't know? And I feel like my heart goes out to those who are not, um, who are not educated, um, because growing up. Uh, I always say that and I always I don't I don't I don't want to say I boast, but I always make it known that, hey, I am from Baltimore City and. I've grown up and I've seen those children who like it sounds so unbelievable, like, wow, your only meal is when you come to school. Like I've seen that I've had friends like that. I had classmates like that who their only meals were when they come to school. So if we think that. If their only meal are when they come to school, if their only meal is when they come to school, why do we think that their parents would have like iPads laying around the house for them or um, the Internet to Google um, informative information for them or to just have the devices and electronic, the Wi-Fi or the things that you need um, this day and time to educate yourself? Yeah, we can buy books. But are your are your parents going to read through those books or what? What You know what I'm saying? So I feel like my heart truly goes out to and that disconnect between our history and us being educated on it. I can say um, I was my son's father. He is a history, um, a history like guru, like he loves history. And we used to have conversations and I would just be like, I'm honestly, I'm not interested in talking about this because those conversations made me feel so uncomfortable. And later, like I soon realized during the season is those, those conversations made me so uncomfortable because I did not have enough knowledge to defend what I wanted to say or to back up what, what I was saying or to go along with what I was saying. I didn't know a lot about my history. I didn't understand a lot about my history. And I can humbly say that. And that's no one to blame. It's just I didn't know. I didn't learn it coming up. My mom didn't take additional time out. My dad didn't take additional time out to teach me those things. My mind was shattered and bombarded with information that just was not informative or not healthy for me or any of the black children in my class. So then comes that shame and that embarrassment. And um, then comes a situation like George Floyd. And everyone's screaming, use your platform, use your platform, use your platform. And you don't even know exactly what to say besides your hurting. 
And sometimes we don't, we so often, I didn't know what, like what exactly, I mean, yes, death and seeing that um, is painful, but where in me, where internally did it affect me, God? And how can I use the way that affect me to bring around a bring along change? This is bigger than just me sharing something on my platform. I want to share it. My platform is all about purpose, unlocking potential. And so I didn't want to just put out any content or I didn't just want to just have a conversation about something and it not have a purpose behind it and did not have a follow up of what I want to do with my life behind it. And it may seem like I've, I've thought too deeply into it, but that's what my my channel, not my channel, but that's what my podcast um, simulates around. A purpose, a growth. So how did I grow from this and how 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 did it change? How did it change my mind mentally? It gave me an outlook on all the things that I've, I've noticed in life, uh, starting with my dad, um, my dad being in and out of jail and oftentimes um, over over pettiness just because he's been in the system before and they're so easily just wanting to keep him in the system and keeping him locked up and keeping him off the streets instead of, instead of letting him prevail and grow as a black man instead of giving these black men who are incarcerated some type of mentorship or some type of someone to help lead them because if you go and you get locked up and you're away society the world changes quick America today is not America five years ago. So if someone was in jail that got locked up in 2015 and they're released at the end of this year, they're going to come out to the world as newborns almost with no guidance, going back to the things that they've already been doing. Some, not, not, not all, but some don't even get the opportunity to learn from their mistakes because so quickly they're back at square one. They're doing something that triggers the cops to making them wanting to make an arrest or uh, anything of that nature. The last time I talked to my dad uh, or the last time when he um, was in jail, um, he was like, Janae, I know I've done some bad things in my life. But this time, Janae, I honestly, I didn't do anything. They had me here and they called me a career criminal or a career um a career incarcerated man. They put these labels on our black men. Um, excuse me. They put these labels on our black men and it, it, it hurts. It hurts. It tears families apart. It doesn't defeat the generational curses or changes or um, impacts that that's on our families. It it doesn't it doesn't give a win in our book. It doesn't um, rule in our favor. My little brother, another male in my life, um, was in elementary school and. A lot of little boys, um, just by having a son, knowing the level of energy they have and knowing how active a little boy can be and they like to be outside and they like to play and they like to do this and do that. Well, the system 
would rather say your child is ADHD or your child has a personality disorder. Instead of giving this child some sort of mentor accounts, or they do give, I'm not going to say they don't have mentors. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to say that they do have mentors and PRP counselors and things like that. So that is, um, in the community, but they so often and so quickly want to just place our children on these medications that's infused with the medications that are out in the streets. So as they get older and if they choose to stop taking their medication, they, they, they fall for the medications that are out on the streets to crack the dope, the weed or whatever, whatever the case may be. They hold that 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 you were ADHD or you were on this medication. They hold it over your head for the remainder of your life. You see, my brother, he used to live in Baltimore and then he moved to Myrtle Beach to be with his family there because my mother felt like that this city was not the environment um, that she wanted him to be in at the time. And when he got there, um, his life, it turned around. They didn't say that he was ADHD. They didn't say that he had a medication. I mean, uh, um, a personality disorder. He was he didn't need to take any medication. And he got into an altercation for the very first time in Myrtle Beach. And they said, well, when you were seven or when you were eight or when you were nine, when you lived in Baltimore, you had an incident like this. So how how do we know that you won't repeat this incident again? You were taking these medications or you were doing this or they slapped it in his face. As if he didn't come there um, and never got in any trouble, is a good kid, was playing football, was doing what he needed to do, wasn't out in the streets. Like they slapped it in his face. Childhood, they slapped his childhood when he was young and didn't know any, didn't know much, was trying to discover what it is that he just just discovering himself. Going through that phase of life. It's, it's like they make it seem as if we can't go through these phases in life without it being slapped in our face. My grandparents, they um, had a foster care. Uh, they were foster parents. And then oftentimes they would adopt the, children's, the children who would come into their foster homes. And... Um, the most recent kid that they've adopted was someone who uh, they adopted him while I was in college. So I got to know a little bit more about his situation um, and I got to get a better understanding of his situation and how uh, he had foster parents and they had him on all these different types of medication. It slowed him down. He couldn't process his thinking. He was like socially awkward it made him all these different ways. And when he came to my grandparents, he was so small and so frail and just so not functioning on his own, relying on different medications to uh, he was very tired. It was it was just like, hmm, wow. And so my grandparents, they slowly weaned him off of those medications because they felt like he didn't it was unnecessary. He's not ADHD. He's not, he doesn't have anger. He doesn't have all of these things that they so quickly, uh, 
want to say that we have for a dollar. More like their gold mine, their jackpot. Yup, that little boy right there. Yup, he's this, he's that. My grandparents took him off the medication. He began to grow into the teenager that he was supposed to be. He, he gained an appetite. He gathered a personality. He, he speaks. He hangs out. He, he does what a normal teenage boy is supposed or, or normal teenage kids do. And that so that 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 was it was so close to being taken away from him. Who knows what have happened to him or what he would have been like or how he how he would have been in school or how he would have been socially if he continued to take all of those medications. And having a dollar made off of him. That's what breaks my heart. The fine print, the things that we all don't experience and the things that so often isn't highlighted, the things that we're not fighting for. And I'm not to say that there isn't anyone out there fighting for for it, but it's not the main topic. It's definitely not the bold letters. It's the fine print. It's what's in the books. It's what I feel needs to be a change. Systematic racism. Putting our children, putting our black men in predicaments. That they feel they have no escape. And I feel like God specifically... And I'm not I'm not going to say it like that, but God is going to use the situations that break my heart. And turn it for something. So what I challenge you all to do is in this season. Ask God to reveal what is challenging my heart in this season. I feel like we were all given a task and a duty to play a part or play a role in this season. And our role is not the same. I'm not an activist. I'm not a teacher. I'm not someone who I'm not. I'm, I haven't been able to go to as many protests as I want to go to, or I haven't been able to do um, other things. I'm, I'm, I'm not the one to, to drown my timeline um, with, different um, educational things. I don't feel like that's my role um, in this. I feel like my role is to first educate myself so that I can educate, educate my black boy and then use my education and use my knowledge of the systems that we have in inner cities all across the globe and figure out how can we make change there. How can we get our men are these even women who are incarcerated? How do we get them the real help that they need when they get out here in these streets, when they're released? How do we help our children learn more about their history so that they can have that personal relationship so that when situations like this come about? Praying for change. 
But if situations like this continue to come about, they'll have knowledge of the things that we've been fighting for before and they're able to finish it. You see, when our activists and those like Dr. Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, when they pass away, what they were fighting for almost passed away with them. They had so much unfinished business. There's so much unfinished business in the black community. But if we don't know what business is unfinished, how can it be complete? Education, 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 my heart today goes out to the people or to the individuals who feel they have a lack in education. Don't allow that to discourage you. Don't allow that to make you feel like you are left out or don't know. Allow it to be a trigger. Like today's the last day that I won't be educated on my history. Today's the last day that I no. Today is the day that I'll begin to learn to educate myself, to do some research, even if it's a day a week. Everything takes time, especially if you're starting from scratch. So that is all that I have for today. Um, this episode, um, I we're going to officially jump in to season three, but I definitely wanted to make sure that I. Um, I spoke my piece or I spoke where my heart is lying um, in this situation. And I just wanted to let everyone know, all my listeners, is that we all don't have the same task. So I don't want you to feel pressured in this season to do something that your heart is not desiring to do. Yes, we all have a heart of, of wanting justice, but there's so much justice that needs to happen in the black community or in the minority community that we can fight for. So let's ask God. God, where do we where do I belong? God, reveal where where do I belong? And I promise you, He's gonna take you through a whirlwind of emotions, or you're gonna go through a whirlwind of emotions because you're asking God to reveal your heart, the things that is hurting you, and the community that He wants you to um to expand your knowledge or your or your truth on. But it's going to be beautiful because right now I feel great. I feel like I have a greater purpose. I feel like I, I know exactly who it is that I want to help or who it is that God has placed me um, in this world to help when it comes to injustice. So I'm going to do my part and I'm praying that you do yours. I love you guys. And we will be back next week, officially starting season three, getting into the motions of it. But of course, I couldn't start off or I couldn't um, put out an episode with not acknowledging um, the things that are going on in this world. So I hope you guys have a great week. And yeah, I will see you all next Sunday. Oh, goodness. Did y'all hear that? I'm Because uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be emotional. <laughs> I will see you guys next Sunday. Bye.